Hello, greetings and blessings, beautiful men and women of planet Earth. What a privilege and honor to be with you once again, wishing you all of the, um, sending my good vibes, love, well wishes. And I can't believe I've never even thought of blessings before. That's a great thing to be sending to people. Uh, I'm sending you all my prayers. There we go. Prayers and blessings to you, your family, your loved ones, and everyone you know, wishing you all the best. We have got an absolutely exceptional episode of the show for you today. We have Deborah Anderson on, and she's a filmmaker who made this amazing film called Women of the White Buffalo. Um, this is an incredible podcast. We talk about a lot of different subjects and topics in this episode, uh, including her own you know, experience going through a dark night of the soul and having an absolutely phenomenal world-class photography career and how things shifted. Um, we talk about her process of uh, losing everything and surviving breast cancer. And then, you know, she goes into this film that she's made and she talks about the prophecy, uh, you know, where America's explode, uh, why there are not, how there are 800 nations, uh, you know, Native American, Indigenous uh, nations in just the USA. And this really is about the Indigenous people, um, some of the challenges that they're dealing with to this day, some of the challenges they've uh, dealt with in the past. I've worked with with uh, several elders as well to just kind of educate myself and see if there's anything that I can do to help. Um, we talk about shifting consciousness, the importance of language, um, you know, the ongoing genocide, divine timing, and so much more. This is a phenomenal and very important episode. I watched the documentary as well. It is uh, very well done and will be accessible on her website soon. I think it should be delete, uh, released sometime around the uh, release of this. So we'll have to, you can go to the women of the white buffalo.com to check it out to see when it's released. But uh, we're also going to try to get the uh, elders that was in the documentary on the podcast as well. But this episode is uh, phenomenal in itself. So if you like it, please share it far and wide, watch documentary, do what you can to support. Um, if you want to support this show, you can go to mattbelair.com and join the membership where you're going to get exclusive, awesome content, support the show, by a small amount, a dollar or three dollars, or for free if you need it, just hit me up an email. Or if you want to chip in a dollar, I'm using it like Patreon because they have deleted my Patreon and censored and all that kind of stuff. So check out Telegram and, and alternative services to get a lot of the news and research that I'm posting. Um, for those of you guys who are interested in working with me one on one, there are several ways to do that. We can do it through uh, coaching and programs like the Soul Compass and the Quantum Heart Hypnosis. But also, if you're a person who really wants to make a difference in this world and you want clarity, for your life purpose and how to integrate it using tools for peak performance mindset to overcome fear and limiting beliefs and then to use all of the amazing tools that I learned in peak performance to architect your life deliberately so you're living your calling and not just a job uh, you can go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching or go matt at zenathlete.com and make an inquiry and there's lots of ways that I can help you with a variety of things from overcoming fear peak performance living your life purpose um, and, and anything in between so if I can be of service to you please let me know. I'd like to thank my sponsor, thegoodinside.com. Uh, they have the best heavy metal detox available and you can get a bottle of pure body extra if you go to thegoodinside.com forward slash Matt m-a-t-t-b and you get fifty dollars off to try it out i use that as well as a, a green drink to just do what i can to de detox the heavy metals because they're in everything and it seems like they're only ramping them up and uh you know not getting less i saw even somewhere in ontario that they wanted to put more fluoride in the water so clean water uh heavy metal detox good diet is is imperative and i'm not the best on diet so the heavy metal really uh detox helps out so that is it um, I think, yeah, that's it. So let's just come in. Oh, 
oh yeah that's it uh the best way to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today so that's the best way to support the show and um so let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in uh, wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and just let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy contentment kindness compassion enthusiasm faith courage and get ready to enjoy this phenomenal episode with deborah anderson hello and welcome to the mastermind body and spirit show i'm your host matt belair as you know, we are currently overcoming insane extreme censorship uh, as marked by trying to get this show live on YouTube, which they now deleted. So check us out on Rockfin, on Odyssey and all these alternative players and also Telegram. Um, but if you want to support this show, please go over to mattbelair.com, uh, become a member. But the most important thing you can do is three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is an award-winning filmmaker and photographer. Her work has graced the covers of pop music albums, albums and magazines. Her photographic work has hung in galleries in both Europe and the US. The world-class Leica Galleries has hosted three shows in the US for her current project, Women of the White Buffalo. Welcome to the show, Deborah Anderson. Yay, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a pain in the butt to get this thing started. And we had a nice chat before diving in, but we got here and um, the people you send it out, they can watch it live. So I'm happy for that. Um, I'm excited to have you on the show. I got to watch your film just before we started. It was very powerful. I cried a little bit. I worked a little bit on uh, some of the stuff with human trafficking and I worked uh, pretty closely with several different indigenous elders. So you, uh, you know, touch on what's going on over there, but your work is, is vast. You have quite the background. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background, about your work, about the current project, then we'll uh, see where it leads us. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for having me. I've been following you for some time as well. I love that you're talking about censorship. I'm not that interesting, everybody, as far as you know, <laughs> censoring us. We're just talking truth here. We're talking heart stuff. We're talking uh, really, you know, I think what people are afraid of looking at. And I think that's why I wanted to make this film. That was part of the reason why I wanted to make this film is that people are afraid to look at what is really happening here in America. So um, just to go back a teeny bit, uh, thank you. Yes, I'm a photographer and yes, I've had my art hang on the walls of many uh, incredible places, hotels and the private homes of various notable celebrities and such. And my beginnings as a photographer were that I took photos of uh, notable people. I did all the pink album covers. I was shooting with Elton John and uh, I've had three coffee table books to date, various uh, sort of meanderings into really finding out more about myself as an artist, right? You sort of, you create, from a place of desire to want to see more of who you are. And that's basically what I did. And then finally, after years of perfecting or at least understanding what it is to be a photographer, I realized that I wanted to speak to something that was bigger than myself. And so through, uh, I'd say it was more like the passage of the dark night of the soul experience to then be able to come out the other end and then hold space for something like this film, Women of the White Buffalo, which documents the stories of the Lakota people that live on the poorest count, well, in the poorest county on the poorest reservation in South Dakota, Pine Ridge. I don't think I could have done it without a learning my craft through, you know, all the other beautiful work that I was able to do, 
during the 15, 16, 17, 18 years of being a photographer. Um, and then the, the experience of the dark night of the soul, like recognizing purpose and uh, what, when given a gift you do with it and how to best uh, serve um, others really with your gift. So, um, and that brought me to here. And so, yes, I, I, I stopped uh, searching for the, I don't know, the work in Hollywood and what I was doing before. I just had to stop that search and, and start searching within, which brought me to um, this project, Women of the White Buffalo. So that's a very short. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's an, it's an amazing story that was very quickly summarized, because I feel like many people have that opportunity where, you know, I think some people have the dark night of the soul. And I'd love for you to maybe talk about that a little bit, you know, how your life was before and what we what you were thinking, and then how it kind of transitioned after. But even though I've heard some people have those experiences, they get an invitation, right, like a wake up call, but not everybody's able to take that because even though they have the wake up call, they say, you know what, it's, um, you know, bound a little bit by the materialism, it might be ego, because you want to reach a certain status, or it might be material, and you need more money, because you want to buy more stuff. Um, but to have that opportunity to take the transition to say, wow, I have this skill set and I've had the opportunity to be very successful. And rather than trying to be more successful or bigger, how can I use this gift and who I am uh, to do meaningful work? And I think that's really powerful. And the way that you share the story in that film, you know, my friend Sewa reached out to tell me about the film and she was really grateful. She's been on the podcast as well, right? Just trying to say, hey, this is what's going on here. And with this whole experience of what's going on on the planet and learning things about human trafficking, which you kind of touch on in the film, um, and these horrible things, my idea has been like, you know, if we just turn a blind eye to it and we don't know it's there, how are we going to solve it, right? Maybe you don't want to be depressed because it's depressing stuff, but if we all turn a blind eye to some of the horrible things going on, how do we find these solutions? I feel like that's where we need to grow up as a civilization is to just be aware and say, okay, now let's work together and create these solutions. So maybe you can speak on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. As as my dog clearly wants to speak about it as well. Um, yeah, you know. Well, there's many layers to that. So we start with Sarge. Could we not? That would be great. My my friend actually brought her dog over, and I knew he'd talk. My two are perfect. She's probably listening. Actually, yeah. I haven't had any dog interruptions in in the podcast. The last two shows of dogs, and it's funny how the oh, really? the, the two different people have communicated. <laughs> the other guy was just like. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. What you do, what you do is you normally cover your mouth, you, you mute the thing and you cover your mouth and you shout their name and then you pretend to itch your nose. That's oh, right. basically how I've been doing. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, well, a couple of layers to that. I mean, I guess ultimately um, moving out of focusing on this gift as a photographer, right? You know, doing this, and I say Hollywood because that's where I lived. I lived in Los Angeles, I was in California. And I had this, yeah, I had this big desire to become successful at that game. And um, it's very disconnected because it actually has nothing to do with truly who you are. You know, as we hold these gifts and we're capable of, of creating through uh, this vehicle, uh, whatever it is that we're, we're here to do in, in, you know, any given moment in time. And it always shifts, right? It's always like, am I listening to my body? What else do I want to be doing and creating? And so that's what we're always asking, you know, what next? What else can I do? And for me, you know, I was very much in that rhythm of, of uh, you know, working for magazines and, and working for hotels. I was doing a lot of artwork and creativity 
with a lot of amazing, amazing people. And I just kept hearing this voice saying, this is not it, this is not it. And I could never say that to anybody, you know, you sort of think, well, either I'm going a little bit nuts or there's definitely <laughs> something, right? Because there's, there's always a bit of that, which I think I am anyway, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. Um, and listening to the to the calling, right? So the voice is, you know, what, what I'm hearing is just like, this is not it. There's more than just this. and coming from a place where I really do understand that there is more than just this, you know, this idea of the success and the monetary gain and this sort of very much the, you know, me, I, and what else can I create for me, I, me, me, I, more of that, which is pretty much everybody's MO because that's what we're taught, right? What will you become? How successful will you be? Well, you know, when you grow up, what do you want to be? And, you know, usually it's like, you know, CEO of a company. My, my sorry, it's such a side note, but my mom used to always tell my brother, you know, let everybody know that you want to be an international lawyer. And he had no idea. <laughs> no, he didn't, he couldn't even say the words like age four, international lawyer, you know, and I, we laughed to the day because he's such an artist to the core. Um, but it's this idea of like what people will think of you, you know, how people will, will look at you and, and such. So um, there I am, not that, that I was trying to prove anything, but you're on this um, conveyor belt of uh, wanting to succeed and, and make a name for yourself and have the house and all those things. And, uh, and then you get basically, you know, pulled to your knees because you're not really listening to the voice or your inner self your your inner voice or great spirit or you know your your higher self there's many different words to describe you know god within us all saying this is what you're really meant to be doing kind of thing um i didn't listen and so what what showed up for me was uh, sickness i ended up falling into that space where i actually couldn't do anything so for me it showed up as parasites which then led to a compromised immune system, which then led to breast cancer. And so for about nine months, I was in bed and I just could not move. And, and just prior to this moment, there was a lot of sort of ebb and flow. This voice was getting louder. You know, this is not really what you should be doing type thing. So I remember so clearly getting on my knees and saying, show me who I am. And a couple of my friends have always said, you know, I'll never do that because they watched what I had to go through. And I really was... Um, ripped apart. I was, you know, I, I went through um, several years, uh, three or four years of really having to uh, decipher the coding of human experience, right? What's my spirit's true calling and this sort of human experience of this desire that I've been taught by the system. This is what it looks like. This is who and how you operate as a human in this, in this lifetime. And my spirit just going, yeah, this is so not it. You know, it just was not a, vib a vibrational match anymore. So as I'm lying in the bed, sort of with all these different things, right? The cancer, the, the parasites and such, really I'm, I'm, my calling is sort of, I'm being stripped of all of these uh, um, parts of myself that no longer served me. And that's really, that's really what it felt like to be. And then I was gifted, really gifted an opportunity to make this film. And so when I went to uh, the Pine Ridge Reservation, when I was sitting in front of these, these women, these native women, I could see thousands of years in their eyes. I could see their ancestors, like something happened, something shifted, that it wasn't just this, oh, I'm gonna go and make a film about these people. It was, I saw, the history, I saw their truth. And what I kept hearing is we've forgotten who we are. 
so the the sort of you know the the before I entered into uh, Lakota territory before like how spirit lined everything up for me it was I had to be everything had to be stripped from me everything my money my things like the idea of you know all the successes or whatever it is that you believe is important all of it was stripped from me and then I was going to start making chocolate I was like I don't want anything to do with, you know, creativity <laughs> and photography and a really good friend of mine, um, Julian Lennon, who ended up being a very big supporter for this film with his foundation, the White Feather Foundation. Um, and I were like, we're just, we're going to do chocolate, you know, amongst, you know, being very creative, the two of us. And, you know, now he's like, what happened to that chocolate? I'm like, I don't think that's going to save the world. I'm praying that Women of the White Buffalo will add to the shifting consciousness on a on a on a global scale chocolate's always good however um and it but it was that was very real it just i wasn't my gift anymore i just wanted to to you know start um from a totally different aspect of being and that's when the women of the white buffalo project came into my life and it just was so obvious to me that that was the next chapter that was the focus like I'd gotten rid of this ego and I was you know humbled energetically and emotionally and physically and spiritually you know when you take when everything's stripped from you and you're wondering how you're going to pay your rent or you're going to wondering how you're going to get to the next thing you're like wow all those years of success for what well actually I learned how to take a really good photograph and I learned light and I learned a human connection and I learned uh, how to capture somebody's spirit, somebody's soul, somebody's story through all of these other beautiful opportunities working with celebrities and the like. So when I got to sit in front of the, the Lakota women, I was looking through a very different lens and could hold that space um, with so much humility because you, you know, sorry, it makes me feel emotional thinking that, you know, I get given an opportunity to sit with these women who are so powerful and so spirited. And that I met with Carol Einrope Herrera. She was the first woman I spoke to on the phone because of Kamiko Hayeshi, somebody who I had not met, someone I'd contacted because she was making films with the uh, indigenous tribes down in Ecuador and through a mutual friend said you should contact this woman she might be able to help you with this idea of going and capturing these stories these uh, the natives the Indians here in America and by way of speaking with Kamiko she says I, I know people in Pine Ridge and she said we've been praying for this to happen we've been praying for this moment that someone would come and help share their stories and in my meditation prior to going I heard we've forgotten who we are and that I would be a bridge to um, bringing the stories back to the people that don't know or that are oblivious to what's really happening. And so by way of meeting Carol Einrope Herrera, she said, we've been waiting for you. And then I was trying to give her my bio of like what I'd done, what I photographed and, and she cut me off. She's like, okay, very good. So when are you coming? You know, and I'm like, oh, I have to raise some money. <laughs> it's like, you know, and, and it happened from, you know, from the idea of the seed of the idea to being on the on the reservation. It was like two months. How quickly it happened when I heard the calling and then being there. And the next minute I'm in a trailer 
living on the reservation, sitting with these women and Carol is saying, I'm gonna introduce you to all the women that you're going to connect with. And then you can decide whether or not you want to capture their story. Um, and that was, that was um, how, you know, my undoing became the greatest gift to being able to see through the eyes of um, a very different part of myself, you know, to then hold this, this uh, project. Wow. Well, that's a really powerful and beautiful story. You know, I have a friend, Brian Francis, who's a filmmaker. He did uh, one on uh, the reservations. He's a Mi'kmaq in Canada. And, you know, when I was with him and, and David Lombear learning about the indigenous people, uh, they, they were always very hesitant to share with white people. And they said the reason why is because so often they would share and then, the, and then the person would take that information, that knowledge, that heritage, and then go sell it and make a profit. And it sounds like your story, you know, one of the things I've kind of said is like an awakened person, not to be confused with a woke person, but like somebody who's kind of like awakened, um, you go from like this consciousness of what can I get? You know, how, how, you know, how cool can I become? What materialism, what can I achieve to what can I give? How can I use my gifts and who I truly am to contribute back to my community in the world in some sort of way? And so, you know, and I also think that some people have these awakening experiences at the perfect time, like for you to go through all that mastery at the highest level to learn all that where, you know, you kind of, maybe you were supposed to stay asleep, quote unquote, where you're just doing what you're kind of programmed to do and not a good or bad. And then boom, you have this opportunity with this. And then, you know, so often people have a, a sickness or an illness that really crushes them. And, you know, we get these little winks. So I don't, hopefully not, you don't have to do it. You kind of get nudges. You can kind of be led that way, but I think mm -hmm. it's really beautiful because, uh, they would have, you know, with that perspective that you had of, you know what, this story needs to be shared. How can I get it out there? How can I serve? That's the energy they felt to, to bring this wisdom. And you talked about this generations of, you know, wisdom and spirit and how they speak. And whenever I'm around uh, in, indigenous teachers, the, the language is different, how they speak about things, how they perceive the world, how they uh, perceive all life, you know, all my relations, I feel like is really beautiful. It's, you know, for everything and the ancestors, and then also the generations, um, you know, to come and, and how they think in that way. And then on the flip side, it's just horrible when you kind of know what happened and what is currently happening. And with your film, it brings to light some of the horrible things going on with human trafficking and um, alcohol and, and drugs and things like that. And, um, you know, my friends, my indigenous teachers that taught me, they say the genocide is ongoing, right? That's it's right. not, it's not like it's, it's just stopped and it's like, no, 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 it is ongoing. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're seeing that today. And so, you know, I, feel free to comment on what I just shared there. And I'd just be curious, you know, through the process of that film and working with these women and learning about the, you know, their spirit and their culture and their history, you know, what was your biggest takeaways from that? Mm. Yeah, I love you speaking about, you know, your teachers and these elders and these these people that come in and share their wisdom. At the beginning of my arrival, Carol Einrope, I really had like two weeks with her every day for six, seven hours. And it was almost like she was transmitting all this information to me. It was like she wanted me to get up to speed really, really quickly, that she knew that we didn't have a lot of time. She knew that, you know, because I basically said, look, I have two weeks to scout 
stories and look and see because then my team is going to come and normally these types of processes trying to go onto the reservation meeting with the natives meeting with these uh peoples it takes years sometimes to develop these relationships and uh it just is a very different way of infiltrating their world right so for me to show up and carol to immediately she takes me to a meeting with the native american indian church a peyote meeting for her brother who was uh, very unwell with cancer. And so I cooked food, she cooked food, we picked up food from other families and we went to this ceremony and she sat with me and I'd known her for two days and she sat with me and she's very respected and revered in her community. And there must've maybe there was like 40 people in the room and she introduced me as her sister and I just, burst into tears because I realized that that was her saying, I trust her, so will you. That she had really just brought me into the circle, you know, um, by way of that introduction. But what had happened just before that moment of us arriving, the sun was rising, the, the, the dawn was coming. We were driving at like four in the morning. It's like an hour and a half, two hour drive. The reservation's so uh, huge. It's, you know, 3,500 square uh, miles of, of land and these sort of dotted little communities purposely created so that they would separate all the families. So uh, she sees that she's talking away. She, she had so much to say to me. She's talking away. And then she sees the morning star and this is day two and I'm driving with her. I'm still a deer in headlights. I've just arrived on the reservation. I drove from California to two days with Kamiko Hayashi in our trailer, which we were sleeping in. And just Carol and I, Kamiko was already in the ceremony and she starts speaking in Lakota. She sees the morning star and she starts speaking in Lakota. And I just have tears streaming down my face. I just, I, it's like I'm being transported. I can't believe that I'm witnessing, listening to, and every time I'm driving, I'm looking at this woman, I'm like, can't believe this is happening, that I get to be in the presence of this elder with all this incredible wisdom and she's speaking her language. I've never heard Lakota in my life. And so when I entered into the ceremony and sat down and she introduced me uh, as a sister, she said, my sister here, she cried tears today for all of you. And which was so true because I, it's like, I didn't understand the words, but I understood the vibration of the prayer. And that was the beginning of the rest of the journey. It was, it was just that all the time. There was always something, it was like I was being inducted, you know, and tested. Like they were very, <laughs> very tough on me. This was not a, an easy journey, you know, like, oh, they were so nice. Yes, they were. And they wanted to make sure, like you spoke to earlier, that I wouldn't be gaining anything, especially monetarily speaking, by way of them sharing their stories with me. They were very, very clear by way of the way, you know, they treat me or they bring me in, that they were look, they were watching, they were watching. And because of Carol, you know, I think I was able to bypass a lot of the gatekeepers. However, I met a lot of them along the way. And I learned a tremendous amount of uh, understanding around the indigenous community ceremony and prayer and way of life and being in a very short amount of time. And again, because of Carol, I was gifted 
the opportunity to meet with people in a much smaller space and time, you know, uh, to then ask them to tell me their stories. And they would let me into their homes. I mean, what a privilege, what a privilege. As, as a filmmaker, as an artist, to hold anybody's story and to honor anybody's story in that way was, um, yeah, life-changing. You know, what, how can, I don't know how else to say, but it was life-changing. Yet, the piece that's so important to know is they couldn't believe I wanted to listen, that I cared enough to want to hear them share their story. That was something that I really noticed that they were being heard something that hasn't been historically the norm, right? It's like them over there, the Indians over there, you know, they don't, oh, they're over there. They, they don't really in any way get the respect that they deserve. And as you said, the genocide is a continuum by way of which Carol speaks to the uh, prison system, putting them in jail. And when we saw the effects of George Floyd last year, and what happened to him that same week, two native men were killed in jail. And the week before that, another young native was tasered by a police. And the week before that, there was another young native that went missing. So nobody's talking about that. I drive to Pine Ridge last year, I'd finished filming and I drove during COVID, everyone said, don't go. So of course I'm in my car driving there because that's what I do. And they had closed off the entrance to the reservation. So a couple of the relatives came to get me and they brought me onto the reservation. And I documented some of the stories. I wanted to know how did they feel about the attention that George Floyd was getting. And they said, thank God, we're, we're grateful that people are speaking to that. Our prayer is that we will be next, that they will turn their attention to us. Wow. Well, there's there's a lot of um, sections to this film, like a lot of parts to it. Like part of it is is the, the drugs. Part of it is the human trafficking. Part of it is the loss of language and the loss of culture. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when you wipe out a culture and you look at the uh, school system, that's what Brian Francis did a really great documentary on the school system. And we did a, a podcast on that and it's just horrendous. And so with all these avenues, it's interesting to hear some of the elders speak with hope and spirit, you know, and, and I feel like that's truly inspiring. And they don't, the ones that I've listened to anyway, and I'm sure there's lots of others that are not so pleased, but they, they don't seem to hold like malice. It's not, they don't, it's, they're not even through all this horrendous, horrendous stuff. You know, it's, I don't hear anger. I don't hear anger in, in some of the teachers that I've had. It's just, what do we do for solutions? Like what, what did they want to share? What, what was their main message or did they provide things like, you know, what they hope to see as a solution or, you know, what do they want to communicate? Well, the bigger piece, I think, just speaking to, they don't hold malice. They don't, they're very humble people. They're very, very humble people. And when they speak from that place of their true spirit, it's all about sharing. There's no, you know, as obviously we, we, we know a lot about the different uh, native sayings and quotes and um, such, you know, um, and it's always about mother earth, right? It's always about the connection to her and the connection to spirit. So they're not people of, of malice because they keep going back to mother. And so they're looking, their whole piece really is about resolution 
and connection and uh, forgiveness because they do, they keep going back to that. They do, I see it in ceremony. There's so much forgiveness. It's, it's amazing to witness that because they're coming from a place of spirit. And so they understand the bigger picture. Whereas those that are not connected to spirit, of course, it's anger and it's fear, which of course is the opposite of love. And so they come from a very different understanding, which of course, you know, just even through our Facebook page, we, we, we put co quotes and stories and prophesized uh, uh, understandings of where we're going to end up in the future, you know, from 200 years ago, from various different warriors, from Sitting Bull to, to whomever. And people really are deeply moved by, by these quotes and such because they're so core value, truth, uh, spirit-driven purity. It's, there's no, there's no uh, attachment to things and, and desire of becoming or uh, monetary or anything. It's just so the peoples really are about mother, about her. And everything comes from her and the birds, the winged ones, the four-legged ones, very different um, weaving of, of uh, walking on this earth, which we have forgotten. Again, speaking to the idea of why I even moved into this arena of wanting to make this film is because I kept hearing we have forgotten who we are, fundamentally who we are. And these people to me felt like they know, they remember, it's, you know, the indigenous peoples of the planet are the ones that really hold the medicine and understanding. So if we continue to kill these people off by way of killing their language and killing their, their ceremony and their way of, of life, we don't stand a chance of survival. So the idea of being able to, to hear them speak of what does that future life, life look like it is about sovereignty to the land. It is about humbleness. It is about letting go of this idea of things will make you happy and, you know, all of that good, uh, you know, stuff that we have been uh, attuned to by our, our schooling system and the way in which we are driven to become adults. It's like you have to, you know, these are the set of rules that you have to follow. And we can see if we look at the planet, we're in so much trouble. Those rules don't work clearly. And so we are all looking to, you know, this way right now, there's so many films out about um, the earth, you know, healing the earth, uh, kiss the ground is a great film that just that came out. I have a, a few friends that worked in that fantastic fungi, incredible about, you know, understanding the mushroom and the intelligence. And, and there's so much to speak to when we speak of the intelligence of mother. So the natives are really speaking to her. They're just like, we need to remember her because the rest of it is what's got us in this mess. So I think there's definitely, throughout the film, someone said, you know, there's no big aha moment at the end. And I'm like, what did you want? Like a marching band and, you know, the typical sort of like fanfare of happiness at the end. I'm like, if you really listen to the film in its entirety, there are so many words of wisdom throughout the entire film the the you know caroline rope she's like no missionary no government is gonna save you but you and delacina chief eagle she says you know it's up to you 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 can't look outside of yourself and expect someone to come in and save you you have to look to you and remember your spiritual ways 
so I think throughout the film, the film, the the resounding um, pieces that they say we have become a lost people because of the white man, because of the other uh, influences. And even Carol says, we've become so good at being white. We've forgotten what it is to be native. And we, and we can see it's killing our people. Instagram, Facebook, all of that wanting to be and, 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 and become like them. We are suffering as people. This is quoting what um, a lot of the, the women uh, were, were sharing with me. So ultimately, as I see it, um, it's about coming home. And they say that, they say that over and over again. It's, it's, it's time to come home. That's beautiful. You know, the, there's so much I kind of want to talk about. It's, it's interesting just listening to you speak and uh, having the film fresh in my mind and, and mm -hmm. their ideology. I like at the end, it just talks about, you know, there's going to come a time where like the red people re-educate, you know, the world we came over as conquerors, it seemed, and rather than being a symbiotic, you know, as more predatory. And, but, you know, Brian Francis and uh, Trevor Senapas, they were telling me that the natives, they knew like four or five languages or maybe more, six or seven, um, when the French first came over and they had peace with the French, the Mi'kmaq out, out on the East Coast. I don't know all the history. It's very vast. Um, but just the bits that I know, they, you know, they had peace. They had, they, they were able to, um, you know, coexist. And the first treaties they would sign with wampum and uh which i forget what that is it's like something with a i have to google it wampum is an interesting thing but there was two lines and it said we're, we're gonna both be here but our worlds aren't gonna coexist like they, we're not gonna meld into one mm. we have our ways and mm. you have your ways and we can respect mm. that um mm. but we're not gonna meld them and you look at what's happened it's been this right loss of uh, culture taking the kids in the schools um, you know, and then obviously then it's pretty easy. You throw in drugs and you throw in alcohol, then all of a sudden it's in disarray. And, you know, you look at the, um, the systems like the, the tribes and how they do it. And my friend Clifford Mahoudi is a Zuni elder said, well, basically now the councils are, are the same as the governments because they pay the top guy and then the money gets just distributed, uh, not equally. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues, but what gives me hope is, is that wisdom is still there. You see the, like you said, the, the wisdom and the spirituality in some of the elders is truly phenomenal. And not everybody is really graced with hearing what they have to say. And I hope that there can be a platform or a way for those messages and that wisdom to carry on because it's been an active attack to kill it. And like you talked about the language, um, that's what David Lone Bear would tell me is like, our language is more vibrational. Um, that's right. Right. And I've heard, I've heard, um, you know, several different indigenous languages speak and it is really beautiful. And it's especially in prayer. It's, it, it feels like a very vibrational prayer. It's a very special thing. And, um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of wisdom there and it's very needed for our culture to hear because it's like, it's a sickness our culture has, but doesn't know it because it's taught and it thinks it's normal. It's a sickness to just go for materialism, to not be complete in yourself as you are. So you need to become something. You need to become successful. That's a sickness. That's not a natural way of, it's a mental disease that 90% of this culture has. And that creates predatory creatures because they lose the compassion. They lose the empathy. They don't think, well, if I do this, does it have a negative effect? 
right? Yeah. On the flip side, when you're very close to the earth and all your relationships, including your fellow brother, your fellow sister, you know, and there's one part in the movie where the, the woman just talks about, you know, you're going to have to walk through life with this person here. You know, you give them understanding, right? You know, how can you understand your brother and sister so we can walk through life? But when somebody lacks that understanding and the compassion, they can maybe control and manipulate because they, they get closer or uh, are, are further away from reality and what's true and what's right and what's moral and what's spiritual, and what's, what's ethical. Um, and they could do that, but they're going to end up harming themselves. They're going to harm the individual that they're oppressing, but they're ultimately very, very much harming their, themselves and their spirit. So do you just want to, that's not a question. Do you want to comment on that? <laughs> I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Comment yes, on yes. that rent. <laughs> What do you well, think there's so much. There's so much. Basically, you're just moving further and further away from your truth. That's that's you know, and it's that's that's where the sickness is on this beautiful planet. This planet is quite beautiful, really, in its essence. It's a very special place to be, and we have moved so far. We're so far removed from our truth that we have given energy and attention to all the wrong things, and that's why we are really. Uh, a very sick human race. We're sick with, with dis-ease, disease and cancers and all the variables that come with eating bad foods and drinking polluted waters. And I thought for a minute, I'm like, oh no, am I Debbie Downer? Like what's happening? Like, am I the only one that can really see what's happening? And then suddenly COVID arrives. I'm like, oh, okay. And everybody's, oh, okay. Let's just, let's create more separatism um, from, our truth and ourselves. And so this past couple of years has been even more challenging to reclaim the parts of ourselves that we don't really get taught how to see, right? In our sort of growing and becoming an adult, um, unless you're fortunate enough to have someone in your life that is spiritual. And I, which I had, my father is a, a musician and a singer and a, and a channel really to the divine conscious understanding of uh, love and light and wisdom and such. So through his, you know, me, me being in his uh, realm and his music, I was privy to another way of thinking. Yet I remember going to school, especially in a boarding school, just going, this doesn't feel normal. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel my truth, you know, but you're young and you believe your parents no no you got to go and be educated I feel like I was being uneducated I was being stripped of my education which is the that piece that you come in <clears throat> to this planet with which is which is purity and a deeper connection to God God self and then you have to you unlearn it all and then you when you get older you want to relearn it because you realize that the unlearning is actually horrible <laughs> And that life is empty and, and void of anything that's uh, actually that interesting. And then, yeah, you spend the rest of the time, you're either going to therapy or trying to figure out why I'm so lost. Um, and then you take up yoga and you become a yoga instructor. So somewhere in there, you're looking for the light. You're looking for your truth, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I think um, <clears throat> we are we are in, in a, in a time-space reality that we can't ignore our forefathers. And when we speak of forefathers, we're speaking of to the indigenous ancestral stories because they said from the beginning uh, that there will be a time where America will implode. You know, that they, you know, I've read books that speak of from a hundred or so years ago that speak of this time right now, that uh, we will be in a, in a moment of, of deep suffering because of the, the loss of, of connection to ourselves. 
And so by way of speaking to the elders and by way of you have also experienced uh, listening to this ancient language, which the Lakota language changed every day. Can you imagine that, right? Your language just evolves every day because it is a frequency, which I was told before I went to meet with Carol Einrope and then the, the other women that I met with who were in the film, in my meditation, they, they spoke of the language. They said to me, that uh, my spirit guides, which, you know, I hear clearly a lot, they said that this language holds a, a healing vibration. And because it's an oral uh, tradition that they didn't write anything down, when the peoples were thrown into the, the, the boarding schools and their nativeness was stripped from them and, and they were raped and beaten and murdered and such, they forgot their language, right? They weren't allowed to speak their language. So the power of that language was, um, was uh, diminished because of the stripping of who they really are. So I can only imagine what it was like. And that's why they're holding on for dear life, the ones that still speak the language to bring that back and they speak it to their children. You see, you know, in the film, I sort of speak to that that 10 years ago, there were 20,000 people that spoke the language and now there's only 2000 people that speak the language. This is a real problem. This is something that, you know, this it's a healing vibration with all these indigenous languages, they are healing vibrations. And that's why the natives were not allowed to practice their ceremony for hundreds of years until 1978, when they were given the right to be who they are in their ceremonial ways. I mean, so in my lifetime, I know that uh, these, these laws were inflicted upon these people so they couldn't practice their truth. And that's why I basically sort of have to say that I feel like this planet has done itself a big, you know, disservice by, uh, by, by pushing these people aside. This is a global thing. This isn't just the Lakota people. Um, I've met with many different tribes. They've seen the film and they all, they all say that the story is their story as well. You know, the Navajo, the Hopi, I've been down in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, in, in, in America mainly at this time, showing the film to various uh, different nations. There are over 800 nations here in America, over 800 languages. A lot of people don't know that. We're not even talking about South America where there's another thousand and then North America and Canada, you know, hundreds more. So can you imagine all these languages, all these, all these ceremonial ways, all these uh, frequencies of healing? It's very potent. So um, by way of the film, my prayer is that more people will want to know uh, more about whose land are they on? Which tribe are they, are they uh, living near? You know, can they be of support? Is there a youth center for the local native children? Can they support that? physically or and monetarily speaking. And uh, yeah, support uh, the, the importance of bringing back these people, you know, front and center, I think. So I don't know if that answered your question, but there's- Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well there's, a, there's a lot there because there, there's obviously an issue. And when you talked about the language, you know, when the language, some say there's quotes, something along the lines, like when the language is gone, um, you know, the culture is gone. And I went to, 
uh, I don't know if it was just a Mi'kmaq museum in, in Maine, and they had they talked about all these different languages, and was talking to David Lonebear and, and a few other people, but they had you know words for like every single kind of tree, and like it was just nuts, right? Mm -hmm. And when they would speak, it was a very incredible thing, and it just talked about the loss of language and how important that is if you're trying to conquer someone, so the evil side, and how critical it is to maintain that language, so you still have the seed, so you can inspire it and move forward and their tradition is an oral tradition right it wasn't written and you know the indigenous elders that i studied with they said they had I, three separate I, I was studying with them independently they didn't know each other but i had a few podcasts where i connected a few together and we chatted but they all told me they had a twenty thousand year oral history i'm like what twenty thousand i was like well what happened like what do you mean like that is not that's not what i learned in school and you know we need to understand these systems that we're in because there's so much deception and nonsense and, 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 and opportunity for us to do the right thing, you know, not the woke thing, like the right thing, you know? And so we have this, if we can find even these leaders that, that still have this knowledge and, and a way to share or echo their voice, or, you know, I think people are ready to respond to that kind of thing. And there, we need huge upgrades in, in how we're doing civilization. And one of the big issues is money. And I don't know how we're going to overcome this per se, but I had uh, Ben Balderson on and he's like a heathen. I don't even know exactly what that means, but I was like looking it up and he said, well, when, when they were discovered by someone, what they marveled at was that they didn't have money. And the natives didn't use money either, as far as I know, anyways. And, you know, they were able to take care of each other and have what they needed and have a different way of viewing existence, right? But with money, it, that always gets centralized into a few hands. And then that idea for profit ends up having people basically sell their soul for profit, losing compassion so they can get more stuff. And that's where it gets crazy because you institute these systems. It's just like, you know, in the world we see today and you know, money can buy a lot. If you have a billion dollars, you can really influence and are you influencing positively or negatively? So we have great challenges ahead. And I'm curious, you know, with being with them, do they have like one main message or one hope or one strategy for bridging the divide or moving forward in a positive way or, or what they wanted to share? Yeah, well, they just, I think the main thing is they want to be seen, right? So just acknowledged, let's start with that so that they are uh, able to be supported in the various issues that they have going on, which have been, you know, perpetuated by, be very careful. I, I remember when I was filming, I was just like, don't say white men and don't say like certain things. I'm like, because I don't want to push away anybody, right? I just, I, you know, you can say non-indigenous, this was for the film purposes, because people feel guilty. And if they feel guilty, then they're not gonna watch, they're not gonna look. And they definitely don't want to participate in because they feel guilty. So it's best I just do that and pretend it's not really happening. And that's where they don't feel in, in a way really that they're being seen or heard, that there's a platform for them. So, um, I mean, come on, let's break it down. Just, it's fucking nonsense. All of it is unbelievable. The whole the whole system is just, is disgusting. I, you know, I'm. I'm just baffled after three and a half years working on this project and living with the people. And I go back all the time, I speak to the women all the time and I'm still hearing the human story, 
regardless of being indigenous indigenous or not you know the human story of poverty and not having enough and what's happening within the family uh unit it's like so far from the indigenous ceremonial uh warrior status ways right of the of the indians that we can imagine back in the day and i'm like wow they they stripped that from them so well that they've even forgotten parts of their spirit is just destroyed. And you see it, you, you're st sitting there <clears throat> witnessing that. Um, and they are saying, you know, we're still here. We're still here and our voices matter. When, okay, I mean, look, we're talking about Matt. We just, just now Biden, the whole voting system, you've got all the different states and they're telling you, you know, black uh, percentage of black people that voted, you know, Asian percentage of voted, white percentage of voted, other percentage that voted. So that can only be native. And so we're still there. If we're still there, th that's 2020, <laughs> fuck are we doing? What are we doing? I don't understand. Humanly, I don't understand how we are so antiquated in our uh, ways of holding one another humanly. So it's very, the racism and all the rest of the sad uh, state of, of, of affairs in, in this country continues to be very much front and center. As we know this, you know, it's not to go into sort of, you know, the way things are, but the white girl that just got found and she was, you know, she'd gone missing and everybody's going, well, why are we discussing this white girl when, you know, hundreds of thousands of natives going missing, you know, and nobody's talking about that, but this blonde girl gets the, all the press and <clears throat> need I say more? It's like, they're saying well, nobody cares. So front and center is we're still here. We matter you know, stop calling us others and uh, giving them an opportunity to um, be heard and um, be respected, you know, really be respected because we need them. We need their wisdom. We need their understanding, you know, just beyond just the human experience, you know, on a spirit level, they're, 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 the, they're the, the language keepers of Mother Earth. Who do we think we are? The arrogance, to be honest, the arrogance. So, you know, I have many, I have many thoughts about what what I would like to see happen. They have no transport on the reservation. There's no way for them to get around. They don't have a, a safe house for the women who are being uh, sex trafficked or murdered or sexually abused or you know raped and whatnot because it's all happening. COVID has only made it worse. So I finished filming over a year ago, and we uh, we brought the film out to the Red Nation Film Festival as a premiere. I wanted it to premiere at a native film festival and it won best feature film and it was wonderful. We had an incredible time. All the women came into Los Angeles. A lot had never been, a lot of them had never been to LA. A few had never flown before and they got to be seen, right? Witnessed by the audience. There were 300 people in the audience that watched the film and they stood in front of the audience and the audience were just gobsmacked. They didn't know what to say. They kind of went into silence as the woman, they were, they were applauding, but what do you, you know, it's the weirdest thing, right? You just watched the lives of these women up on the screen and they're living in this, in this situation on the reservation. And now you get to see them, they're right there in the room and nobody knew what to say. And it's, it was just really telling about how humanly we're just, we're just, we're just a bit messy. And we have a lot of healing to do.
we have a lot of healing to do. And as Sunrose said, she said, if I get a dollar for every sorry that I hear from a white man, and I'm just like, well, don't say that. <laughs> she goes, I'd be a millionaire. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, ultimately to be seen, to be recognized and to be given a chance, um, that's really part of it. And of course, you know, to be sovereign, to be given back there, to be given land, to be able to flourish, to be given opportunity, you know, they, they, they just don't, they're not at the forefront of opportunity. They're just not, it's still very, like I said, it's very antiquated the way that the system is set up. So, um, and now we were just talking about this today with Sunrose with the schooling system. So the native kids are being taught the federal government uh, give the, curriculum because they're the ones that are paying for the system the schooling system to basically the grants and whatnot so they get they have to be they have to teach the system they're given otherwise they don't get any money to be able to teach kind of thing right so and they're being told they don't want to talk about what happened in history because it upsets people i'm like what i don't understand we're talking about layman's terms here i mean i'm sure it's a little bit more complicated than that but this is what sunrose was telling me today i'm like what she goes so we're now not going to teach, we really have not been teaching the history of America to the children, the real history. So the native kids don't know who they are. They have no identity. They have no uh, groundings, right? The historical groundings to sort of recognize sort of where they came from and, and sort of how they, they uh, lived and this and that. Because we're not talking about that. And now we're definitely not going to talk about it because we don't want to talk about the genocide. And we don't we don't talk about the fact that there were 80 million natives at one point living uh, here in America 530 years ago. And now there's 1.5 million, something like that. No, we won't talk about that. So this whole, you know, putting it under the carpet, you can only imagine. They're just, they just, they're just like, when will anyone care enough? And surely we should be way past that calling them others is a little um, nuts to me. That's where we still are. I don't well, know if that answers your question. Yeah, Next time well, you have to bring, on, just, you have to bring on one of the girls and they'll well, that would, Yeah, that would be excellent. You know, it's just, it's just a lot of like horrible information, you know, like Sorry. To, to know what's going on. But I feel like it's important, right? Because that's how we bridge to the solution. Right. If we have to know that there is an issue so we can bridge the solution and the solution, like like it says in the film, it is not government. We People need to understand that government has basically never helped anyone ever. And it's just getting a lot worse. Clifford Mahoudi in our podcast talks specifically how the government destroyed the communities, how the school system destroyed their call. They're not trying to help. So the first thing the government needs to do is to fuck right off and to leave them alone. And then let them build within how they want to build, however they want to build, and ideally have those seeds, you know, right. to, of of their wisdom and the, their history of their culture to be cultivated. But what does the government? Do? They're not like people need to understand this. The government isn't there to help them. They're there to uh, assimilate them and kill them, and that's the only purpose. You know, if you look at the school system, and I. I'm upset enough at the regular school system from when I understood what it was doing about indoctrination. Now it's getting way worse with their, what they're teaching the kids. So then you have the indigenous history of that 20,000 year oral history. Um, you know, it's being lost through, you know, language and culture and all these different things. And now the government comes in with their quote unquote help and just you know, adds alcohol, it adds meth, it adds all these issues. And now, you know, rather than letting them thrive in their own environment, they're adding all these challenges that make it even harder for them to know who they are, to know their history and all, all of these really important things. And 
I have hope that if, if um, these predatory systems can at least stop, right? Um, and then there are avenues for support to kind of look at the different things, the horrible things that are going on there. Um, like, you know, some of the women in the film providing those solutions, right? Just a few of those seeds and then a few more of those seeds. You know, one time when I was in Whistler, I went into Pemberton and I just taught uh, boxing to a Native American school that one of my uh, friends was, uh, you know, helping. And I said, yeah, I'd love to do that. And they had a little bit of a culture going, you know, from their wisdom and history that was separate because they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't go into your public schools. We don't do that. We have our own thing going. Um, right. And it was really wonderful. So we need to figure out a way to support that. And, and just, you know, not kind of not look away from it and just understand it. And then if there is an opportunity to do something about it. So the work is an incredibly important. And, and I really appreciate you making this film because when I did my studies with the various indigenous, it was just to give them a voice. What do you want to say? What's going right. on there? You know, what's going on in the reserves? You know, I learned about uh, all the treaties of the Mi'kmaq. They're all broken. There's like, I yeah. think there's 1400 in, in Canada and like 13, nine, and 1398 are broken. And my buddy Trevor sent it past, you know, he's just like, you know, we didn't, we didn't give you the land. You know what I mean? You're still like, you know, and, right. it's, and, and it's, it's not even about like who owns it. Cause their philosophy is, you know, when the, when the British came over, how could you own land? It doesn't make any sense. We're the caretakers right. of land. So how right. can we be the caretakers together? I don't like owning my property or have to give it. It's like, no, no, we are both here. We are brothers right. and sisters under the same sun, under the same stars. How do we coexist? But then you bring in money and all these other things and all these um, like tools like alcohol and drugs and greed and all these lower things. It gets pretty sketchy. But if you have food, water, shelter, beautiful food, beautiful, happy yeah. community, thrive, opportunity to grow in meaningful ways. It's not about getting so much shit. It's about having a good, strong family unit, which they had. They had a strong culture. They had a strong connection. Um, and, and some people still do, you know, in various cultures, but I feel like this is happening in uh, the Western world too, right? This just really massive attack on the family unit. So um, mm. I just want to- There's some amazing initiatives. There are some amazing things going on within the communities. It's just about people wanting to actually step out of their own little bubble and taking a look to see how they can support these initiatives. Because there are some amazing things happening within the communities, even on Pine Ridge, you know, people giving up of their time. Because a lot of people are always like, oh, I don't have the money, but what can I do? How can I join the conversation? It's like, like I said earlier, you know, who's your local tribe? You know, how can you go and support maybe the, the local uh, community? And on most, uh, uh, in most cities, there's a, there's a native uh, cultural center. You know, go and find out, do they need support? How can you help? Because really it's about the coming together and wanting to help one another, period, right? In all senses of what that means. Sunrose said something so amazing. I heard her speak yesterday about how the there are these amazing Jewish schools here in America. And she goes, they've got it so right. They get to speak their language. They get to be, they're, they're taught their ceremonial ways, that they, they get to eat their kosher food every day. And they are privately funded. So these children remember who they are. And she goes, and then, you know, I think when they're 17, before they sort of finish, you know, their schooling, they all get taken to Israel. You know, they all go off to, to the homeland and they get to, to, to witness their culture in, in, in real time. And she said, if we could have that for our 
native children where we could have these schools that allow us to remember our, our history we get to learn our language we get to eat our food again you know you'd be you, the, the the shift in the vibration of how they then want to continue their life would be very different rather than you know no you're not lakota you only speak america and american and you continue to be like us because you, your culture, it doesn't matter. And that's kind of the, the brainwashing and that's what's killing the people. And that's what's killing the culture and the language and, um, and their spirits. And that's why there's so many issues with the drugs and the, and the alcoholism. So it's just, you know, it's all perpetuating uh, more of itself because it's not being gifted uh, the resources and the attention that it deserves so that they just could be who they truly are. It's like, fuck. <laughs> it's like just, you know, support, support these people to, to be who they truly are because that wisdom and that acknowledgement and them thriving in that community will only service us at the end of the day, right? We'll, we'll learn so much from them. So many people have asked me if they could be introduced to a Lakota person or if they could go into ceremony. I'm like, it doesn't quite work like that. You know, you have to earn and the trust and the whole thing. I said, because that's all that people want is they want to take from these people and they're not giving back. So how can we give back to the communities and really um, uh, heal what we've, what we've, taken from them, you know, just heal these, these um, terrible ways of treating these people and, and ignoring what we've really done. I say we, the royal we, it's not me per se. You know, I'm indigenous to the islands, West Indian, African, uh, Irish, Scottish blood. I'm not American. Um, I grew up in Barbados and my grandfather is West Indian. So Indian native to the Caribbean islands. And I was saying to Sunrise today, I said, I never knew my heritage or did I care because I was kind of being brought up in this very non uh, committed to my ancestry at all, because there was so much drama in that, you know, my, my, I know there was a, we had slavery and, and um, a lot of alcoholism and uh, just a lot of bad things happening in my family too, in the lineage. So best to just pretend that didn't happen and, and off you go to boarding school and, and become successful. And then you sort of go on that train. And all of it is just avoidance of yourself. It's avoidance of your truth, of your, your history, um, all of it. It's, you know, anyways, that's like, I, I, I digress slightly there, but I noticed that we're all suffering the same thing is the forgetting of who we are, you know, and just wanting to remember and, 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 and hold one another up and hold each other accountable and support one another, whether you're indigenous or not. It's like, we're all, we all, we all need to be loved along, uh, along this journey and, uh, you know, care for one another in a, in a bigger and, and more profound way. And that's really why I wanted to make the film was, oh, there's these people and we're all forgetting, hello. It's like, we don't have to go to Africa to save the kids look at home, <laughs> you know, look, look around, look around you. And there's a, uh, there's a whole world here in America that that's being ignored. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was very well said. And I love when you just talk about you remembering who we are. And I just did a law summit for, you know, people who are struggling with, you know, some 
draconian measures. Check that out if you need some help. But uh, a lot of them said, you know, you got to know who you are under the creator. And, and the na- indigenous that I, tra- you know, studied with, they would always say creator rather than God and just had a different view. Right. Um, they're all Catholic churches on all the reserves in Canada and the U.S., which uh, not knocking Catholicism. However, uh, what happened through that system wasn't good. Um, you know, because they had their own, you can't force, you know, another religion or a belief in, in your spiritual realm on a, on a culture that's older than yours through uh, coercion and all the other awful stuff. So, you know, it's just something to be said to allow them their freedom. And, yeah. uh, you know, with this whole scenario, what's going on in the world, you know, I, I try to do the right thing. I want to be helpful. Uh, I want to try to support people. And I think like, okay, are, are my choice, cause a lot of, you know, getting, banned and, and people having different opinions and things like that i'm like am i helping because i don't want to be harming and one quote that's always been really helpful for me is this one by rudolf steiner that says anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is luciferian and so we need to remove these restrictions these things that whether whether it's the culture whether it's the government whether whatever it is allow people to flourish if they're not causing harm if they're causing harm it's a different thing but you think think about these philosophies and the ideologies these ways of life these perspectives um, that they have is very beautiful and very necessary for everybody right and and so there's there's not a better time to kind of support these you know philosophies and this wisdom than there Mm -hmm. is now and i feel like this is a a great opportunity on the planet for everybody to look at their own self right their own like what they do right in the world like you talked about your kind of awakening of like using your skills to be a service how can i help and when we start shifting that then we want to like you said so beautifully just cooperate with our brothers and sisters of mankind that's it it's just cooperate You, you move everything else are you a cooperative force regardless of your color or history or whatever, right? Or are you an uncooperative force that wants to restrict or bind or manipulate or coerce, right? And so right now I feel like we're all getting that opportunity to to choose what side we want to play on, right? And so that's our opportunity. So, you know, you don't have to go and, um, you know, like when I looked at human trafficking, it was like so big. I'm like, what am I going to even do? Did some shows on it and, you know, volunteered and it's so big and so awful and so horrendous. And if I could touch the button and stop it, I would, but I'm aware of it, you know? And so I can see when things are coming in. And, and then, so what could I do? Make sure that my work empowers women, empowers people and, you know, like martial arts or, you know, understanding who you are in this realm and your power. And the more connected you are to the creator, have a spiritual understanding, have good solid community are a good solid community member yourself you're going to attract that strength that spiritual strength so then you can bring others to you and that's something that's possible and when we can do that those units will kind of match up with other groups being like oh you guys are about this too let's cooperate let's learn from each other let's support each other and uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully that's the way we're trending and kind of like with with what happened to you many people have this awakening experience through illness when they don't listen and i feel like this is the planetary one you know we have this opportunity now to say mm-hmm. look at everything and and i think it really is an opportunity to let go of uh, materialism in the bible it says you can't worship two ma- masters you can't worship mammon and uh the creator and so the indigenous already have that they're like we, we're not out here trying to get a bunch of material shit we're trying to live in harmony with all of creation that includes you but if you're right. shooting a gun at me or, or you're doing harmful things or you're hurting our people, that's an issue. Can you please, first of all, fuck right off and stop doing that? 
Right. Mm-hmm. And then now let's implement these systems that will help them thrive because like even in your film, right. With what's going on in the planet, um, they're not, it's illegal to have a well, even though they have clean well water. So they'll give them this shitty water and fluoridate it. And they're going to do that in Canada as well. And in Canada and these other places, you can't have a uh, chicken coop. You can't have, uh, you know, a certain vegetable gardens or like, it makes no sense because if we have, <laughs> food sovereignty, like, which is one of the things they'd like, you know, you can control through these other crappy foods that makes them obviously obese and have health problems and things like that. Cause you're getting shitty food. Right. You know, it's just basic right. shit. So, you yeah. know, we've got to cut these, the government's got to fuck right off. You know, we got to figure this out and then we need to put in money from whatever or support or, you know, stop the harming. Right. And then put in focus to, what is now, how do we move to the healing and the support? So I'm just yammering. I'd love for you to, um, you know, if there's anything that you wish that I'd shared, or, but this has been all uh, wonderful. I appreciate your work. And I think the documentary is very timely and I'm grateful you used your skills to um, share that very necessary story. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about or leave the listeners with where they can find out, where they can help, where they can get involved, all that good stuff too? Yeah, I'll say one more. Such, such, I'm still talking. I mean, just, you know, just two more minutes would be Come great. On, dog. I mean, so, this is my friend's dog. He's going to laugh. I'm going to tell her straight. I'll be like, then Sarge started talking. Um, just something, that, Sarge, Sarge, come on, come on, come on, come on, Beth. Happy child, happy child. Come on. Let me come see. On. Let me see gonna, the doggy. Let me see her. Let me, let me. Oh. <laughs> Quit it, you happy dog. The talkative <laughs> one. Talkative <laughs> one. Mine, mine are lying down, cozy being good children. They came onto the reservation with me. This one did not, he's not mine. You me a good boy? You me a good boy? Um, just, I think the last thing to speak to, which is so beautiful that you express, and I, you know, just to, to take it there is like, Sarge, come here. When we, become, when we become connected as a collective, where we're shifting our consciousness to something higher than ourselves, there's a ripple effect. Right, because there's so many things like the tangible thing, call to action, what do we do? Who do I contact? Who do I call? Who do I give money to? It's like, well, let's just start with with coming within and just and just becoming connected to that bigger, bigger healing space, which the natives do through their prayer. They're praying all the time. You know, the, the as you see in the film, I start the film with a prayer and I end the film with a prayer by way of Carol Einrat Pereira, who she says, welcome, I welcome, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful that you welcome my voice into your home. That's how she starts the film. And then she says a prayer in Lakota. If we could just come back to that essence of just being grounded and become part of the greater healing collective in prayer and the remembering of our you know, fellow beings and wanting to heal, just that vibration, that ripple effect of of shifting our consciousness to something a little higher than what we're doing on a daily basis, that in itself is going to start shifting the way we start treating one another. And I almost feel like it just, you know, we can heal, we can heal ourselves, right? We know that it's just mind connection to body, to spirit, that we can do great things. And so I say that I do believe if if you, if you just connect with that higher uh, understanding of who we really are and see all of us, all of us here on this planet, just trying to figure it out as brothers and sisters and start coming from that sort of higher space of love and compassion and uh, uh, community and uh, oneness, which is what Sitting Bull speaks to uh, with Crazy Horse around the idea of when we all join in that circle as one, 
you know, we will see each other and things will change. But it, unless we, we have this great divide of I'm better than you and I need more than you and I need to make money and da da da, we'll continue in this spiral that we have been creating for the past 530 years since uh, the, the wonderful Europeans arrived here in America's. And we're, we're not, we're not going to heal at all. So it just feels like by way of making a film, Woman of the White Buffalo and all these other amazing film creators and filmmakers trying to speak to these stories, we're just trying to say, wake up, you know, where's the, where's the human story here? Because we have forgotten that part of, of what it is to really be human and, and to really love and, and, and be more conscious about our brothers and sisters. And my dad even said, you know, the greatest healing will be when they walk amongst us and we see them and we see who they are. And, and I'm just like, just energetically, I'm like, gosh, yeah, you know, that would be so beautiful the day that we, we witness them and we see how proud and beautiful and, and powerful and uh, how much wisdom they have to share and, and, and give it that respect and that honor because we're just all a reflection, right? For one another on a constant basis. So by way of Woman of the White Buffalo, I just wanna continue this uh, connection to shifting that consciousness and um, I did it all by way of donation. Everybody that gave me the money uh, to help me make the film did it because they believed in this subject. They believed that it should be shared. And right now, the end of this, this uh, journey is that I'm gonna put this film out by way of self-distribution and uh, raising money through Indiegogo. We have a campaign going right now. You can see it on my Facebook page, which is uh, Deborah Anderson Creative or on our Women of the White Buffalo Facebook page or just through our website, womenofthewhitebuffalo.com. You can also see uh, who the women are that are in the film, their stories. And um, at the end of the day, it's all very hopeful. It really is because who we really are, so powerful and so beautiful that ultimately when we remember that piece, then there's so much to offer. That's what I believe. Beautiful. Amazing. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, this work is so very important and I invite people to check out the film. I watched it. It's very powerful. It's very beautiful. Uh, and it's important for us to know. And that way, you know, it's in our consciousness and we can just be aware of when there is an opportunity to do something. And if you're inspired, you can go ahead and, and, and take action, um, you know, in some sort of way that inspires you. But it's just, you know, it's you said it very eloquently. And I just tried to summarize it. But, you know, having respect for your brothers and sisters on the planet, that's what it comes down to. And, uh, you know, we need to support all our brothers and sisters uh, on this planet and you know and, right. and they say all the relations so you know again that whole thing is how they in, in, in interact with everything the trees the birds the four-legged it's the whole thing it's just everybody every everybody and everything here matters it's that's not right. we're better than we're, we're working in a cooperative environment and that's how that's how nature works that's the that's way right. we should be doing it right there when they had the buffalo right this is their thinking they would have they go and then hunt for what they need and they would eat it well then through the genocide well for war there's like well if we kill a buffalo then we kill a native because that's our food source so they just massacre buffaloes like what the fuck are you thinking yeah. you know what i mean how fucked up are you to do some shit like that right so this is just... greed and power greed and power but we're, yeah. we're, we're like we all but we're all hopefully we're all awake now right we can all see how obvious <laughs> yeah. it is yeah. and we all yeah. have an Stop iphone that. we can all google <laughs> and 
check out what's happening. So there's no more massacring, you know, of anything. It's more about, wait, how do we heal? How do we heal? And they say in Lakota, we are all related. And ultimately, you know, we are all brother and sisters. So let's treat each other in that way. Because we could go back into the past and keep speaking of the past. Can't change the past. What does our future look like? That we do have control over. So we have to really shift our gaze. I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful I get to speak to you, Matt. I know you do great work. You have great conversations with great thinkers. You know, I, I love the use of language when it comes to sort of esoteric understanding and, you know, anything anything beyond sort of our normal uh, headspace is, you know, it's, it's always uh, definitely... Uh, exploratory because we don't get taught these things and when we start to learn it through people like you we're really remembering we're remembering the parts of ourselves that innately we we hold all of us hold this infinite wisdom and uh by way of for me to speak to the native uh understanding because myself i have probably taino or Arawak back in the day or carib indian in my blood uh, I feel like it's a, a, a very important time to remember these these parts of ourselves that um, we have forgotten, so we can heal and we can we can move forward with power because that's really who we are. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, and I appreciate that. It is about moving forward with power, remembering who we are, and when we can do that as an individual, we can spread that awareness and light and consciousness and frame. Uh, invite other people to that because it feels good. It feels right. That's it's it. natural. Um, and then the more of us will join onto that bandwagon and we will, you know, cor we can correct all of this very fast, you know, in a generation or two. And so it starts with you, whoever's listening to this in your home and your relationships, right. And uh, your way of living and all that kind of stuff. And that filters out. So I just really appreciate your work in the film and um, thank you so much. I invite people to go check out the website, support it. Is important and um just thanks for watching thanks for coming on the yeah. show appreciate it matt thank you blessings to you my pleasure see you guys Bye. well that wraps it up with the incredible deborah anderson i hope that you enjoyed this episode i highly encourage you guys to check out the film uh documentary women of the white buffalo it is phenomenal um you'll have to go to that website to see when it drops because i believe it's just touring around and don't know the details of that but it is truly a phenomenal film and i hope a lot of people get uh, to see it because it's done in a very beautiful way. If you like this show and you want to support sharing, reviews, uh, anything you can do to get the word out is very, very appreciated. And you can go to mattbelair.com. And if you want to chip in a dollar or three bucks a month, something very, very small, um, you can get exclusive content. All the content is backed up because uh, Patreon is deleted. So, um, you know, you can do that as well. And if you want to, uh, if you need a link for zero dollars or you want to contribute something else, just let me know and I'll make a link from you. And that would be uh, very appreciated to keep this show going because, uh, yeah, it's challenging when you're getting censored and deleted and all that kind of stuff. Just trying to put good vibes into the world. So um, if you're interested in that, just let me know. For those of you who want to reach out, I am very accessible. You can make an inquiry to me at any time about anything, whether it's coaching, support, programs, uh, Matt, M-A-T-T, -T, at Zen athlete.com and uh, there's lots of ways that i could support you uh, whether it's existing programs one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions i'd love to work from you and uh, work with you and hear from you so if i can support you in any way please just let me know so that's it um let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close it out 
wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, faith, courage, kindness, compassion, hope, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.